Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Good morning, church. Take it, you guys heard my dad? Yeah? Where are you, Dad? Oh, there you go. There we go. Well, it's a good morning to be in church. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to bring the word. You know, as you could probably feel in worship, you could feel in the host segment, it's not going to be a normal Sunday. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here. He's going to move. There's going to be a time at the end of the message to pray for people, to release your faith, not just my faith, not the altar team's faith, but your faith. But today, I want to just take a moment, if you can go ahead and play keys for me, my friend. We're going to continue our series on recognizing your value, but today I want to address something that I think we all deal with, and that is fear. And I think we all deal with fear on a, on a normal basis, and you can say that there's a tension between faith versus fear. And I've felt that tension all morning. I've, felt, I've just felt the spiritual warfare that God's going to do something for you, he's not gonna just do something for me, but he's gonna do something for you today. But we all face it, and everyone in here faces fear, but you can either run from it, or you can run to it. It's known as the fight or the flight response. See, when someone says that they feel nervous, that they don't feel nervous, that they don't feel scared, they're either lying to you, or they aren't going after life hard enough. They're not facing challenges that are stretching them. Fear can be a normal part of my life because I am stretching myself. I'm saying yes to God in certain areas. When he asked me to do something uncomfortable, when he asked me to do what he's called me to do. See, fear is not a signal that you're doing it wrong. A lot of times fear can be the signal that you're doing it right, but you have to use the faith that you have And instead of fear paralyzing you, you'll paralyze it. See, last room, there was, there was a lot of different directions that I could have gone this week, but there was so much faith in the room last week, and I really feel that God's calling you, He's calling this church to the next level, the next level in our faith, the next level for what He has for the city of McKinney, for our county, for Collin County, that this church isn't just about us. You know, Oaks Church is not a country club. You don't need membership. It's for everybody. It's just a, a, the local expression of God's global church. And there's so many great churches in McKinney, and Oaks Church is one of them. But let's talk about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see, and through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I love that the message translation says that he cares enough to respond, that he cares enough to respond. Faith is just simply believing that God is, that he's going to reward your faith, that he is going to respond to you. If you're a parent in the room, you know you're just waiting for your kids to do certain things, to do the right things, to grow up, to spiritually mature, to be able to cook their own dinner, whatever it is. 
But without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you could flip it and say it's, it's really easy. It's really possible to please God, but you just need faith. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do today. God, I thank you for the faith that we already have. I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a willing heart to understand. Lord, I pray that we truly leave here better than the way that we came. In Jesus' name. And if you believe it and receive it, say amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I got a question for you guys, like I always do at the beginning of a message. I kind of want to see where the crowd is at. Um, Is anybody scared of something in here? Yes, show of hands. All right. Now I want to see what you're scared of. Anybody scared of snakes? You know, we brought, I mean, that's a totally different story. I'm not going to get over that. But I did get over my fear of snakes a few years ago. I say that until I see one, and I'd probably be skipping that way. Uh, anybody scared of, the, of heights? Who hates heights? Okay. Anybody scared of the dark? See, that's one of the ones it's, it's hard to raise your hand for. Uh, publicly. Anybody scared of speaking in public? There we go. All right, last one. Anybody scared of spiders? All right, now let's talk about spiders. I'm not scared of spiders per se, not the small ones, the average size one. Now, if you spot me a tarantula, I'm not going to want anything to do with it. But one time uh, in the summer, a few years ago, I was taking the trash out after dinner And I wandered into the garage, went through my cars, through the middle of the cars, and my trash can is on the other side of the garage. I take the trash out, I go, I remember I need to get something out of my car, I I lean in, go into the console, get what I need, shut the door, and I look down. And I see this spider, and it's not a normal looking spider, it's not small, it's not medium, but it's not a tarantula either, it's... It's, it's so weird. Let me just rephrase it like this. I live in the country. Now, if you live in the country, and this was in our first house in Prosper, on the outskirts of town, you know that everything is bigger in the country. The wasps have more nests. Snakes are more frequent. Spiders are everywhere. Spiders think my house is the Halloween house. I have to take nests every, down every single week. But I look down and I see this spider and it's about two inches in diameter, but it doesn't look like a normal spider. It honestly, it looks a little bit overweight, <laughs> which is so weird. And I step over the spider. I get my sandal close to the door because I'm walking barefoot, and I say, I'm going I'm to run into the spider again. I'm going to just go ahead and kill the spider. So I get my sandal for all my Spanish-speaking folk. I got my chancla, and I'm ready. And I slap that sandal down onto the ground. And I kill the spider, but something unexpected happens. Hundreds of little spiders go out. And I had no idea, but I had just induced the labor of a pregnant spider that did not make it through delivery. And if you don't believe me, you can get on your phone, you can get on Google, pregnant spider, you watch what happens. And I kill this spider, and I kind of freak out, and I I hurry up inside. And I think once I get inside, I'm going to be completely fine, but little did I know my wife was behind the door waiting for me. (laughs) Now, we don't typically do this in our relationship, just try to scare 
each other. Um, I don't want her to, to live in a house where she wonders if someone's coming around that door. I, I want my wife to be secure, to know that she's loved, that she's in a safe place. And I'm like, surely she would never do that to me. Wrong. Okay. See, she grew up different than me, and she wanted to play a practical joke on me. And I walk through the door, and she jumps out, and I couldn't tell it was a 5'5 Latina. To me, the shadow was like King Kong, and she just jumps out. And I would love to say that I had the manliest roar, that it was the roar of a lion, that it was the roar of gladiator Maximus just ready for battle. But instead, it was a fourth grade girl, and I just went, I hit the high notes of Mariah Carey. Ah! Right? I can't, even, I can't even fake it because it's not physically possible for me to do that. That's why. But she insists. See, it's possible, Noah. Don't ever let somebody scare you. It's possible to go there and she, every single month, she likes to remind me. Hey. Ah! She'll just put the finger up. Basically meaning, hey, hey boy, don't get too comfortable in this house. <laughs> you know, I read on a meme uh, recently, I was scrolling my phone on Instagram, it said there's five types of fear, that there's terror, panic, we all know there's fear, username or password is incorrect. You're like, how am I, I hear this so much, how am I supposed to know my password? I got so many of them. Okay. The fourth one, oh, my personal favorite, when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, we need to talk. Okay, give me an agenda. What do we need to talk about? I won't even take a meeting unless you send me an agenda. What am I walking into? Hey, we need to talk. I came off the stage the other week. Hey, we need to talk. Awesome. Let's do it. What did I do wrong? Something. And the fifth one, you go to your phone, you got 20 missed calls from a family member. Typically, that's when you're younger, not, not as old, but the chances are there's, um, that you heard a couple of those and your pulse quickened a little bit. Seriously, fear, fear is one of the main obstacles of life. Can we agree on that? We fear failure so we don't try something new. We fear rejection so we don't apply for that job, we don't ask for that raise. We don't make that new friend. We don't ask someone on a date. Here's a big one we all do. We fear missing out. So you say yes to too many people and too many things because, man, I just, I just don't want to miss out. I am purposefully not busy. I don't try to say yes to everything. I say no to quite a bit. I'm like, man, I don't like that frantic pace that you feel when you're busy. So let's talk about how fear works. If we're going to understand it, we're going to talk about fear for a few minutes. We'll talk about faith, and we'll start to close. When you're born, you're only born with two fears. You're not born with the fear of snakes or spiders or the darkness. You're born with the fear of falling down, and you're born with the fear of a loud sound. Insert my story. Okay, you hear a loud sound. You freak out. Everything else is learned. Spiders, snakes, the dark, these are called natural fears. And they're developed at a young age, influenced by our environment, influenced by our family, by our parents. 
You know, a young child isn't automatically scared of a spider. They'll be crawling on the floor, but they see you freak out that there's a spider one foot away from them, and they learn to be scared of these little bitty creatures, right? Halloween comes around, you see a skeleton, you see a scarecrow. Now, if you don't even know what those are, you wouldn't be scared, but we learn to be scared of certain things in our life. When presented with something scary, your brain reacts with a fight or a flight response, meaning you're either going to clock it or you're going to run for your life. Now, chances are most people are runners. They're not fighters. They don't want to face the fear. But let's say that you're hiking, you see a snake. There's two ways you're going to respond. The first one is a sensor in your brain. It's the, the low road, and you see a snake, and your pulse is going to quicken. Your body's going to get hot. You're going to be like, I don't even know what to do. You freeze, you run, you do something. But the second way is the high road. It's a pathway in your brain that when you see the snake, you say to yourself, I've seen this kind before. And it's not a dangerous snake. And because of that, I'm going to go around it. I'm going to respect it, but I'm not scared of the snake. I know exactly what I need to do. It's a reasoning response. So how do you get over fear? Anybody want to know this? How do you get over fear? I heard a story years ago about a guy named Ken. And Ken was scared of heights like bad. Like he couldn't be at a mall on the second floor. He was that scared of heights. He had to be on the first floor at all times. And he says, you know what? He's a man of faith. He said, I'm tired of always being scared of heights. I'm starting to get scared of other things. I got to get over this. Gets in his car, drives to downtown Dallas, parked right in front of Reunion Tower. Locals affectionately call it the ball. And if you've ever been to Reunion Tower, you know that the only way to go up is an elevator and it's surrounded by glass and you get to enjoy the view, the view on the way up, whether you want to or not. And he gets in that elevator and he's already nervous, he's scared, he pushes that button and he hits for really the only floor, the top floor, and he starts to go up and his heart races, his palms start to get sweaty, starts to get hot on his forehead. He's like, man, what am I doing? But he goes all the way up. And he gets to the top. He says, okay, I'm going to go down. And he goes up and down for 20, 30 minutes until finally he gets over his fear of heights. You know what the principle to getting over fear is? It's the Nike slogan, just do it. Just do it. Brandon, that, that's too simple. That, that's not the way to get over fear. You know, I made a decision years ago that if something scared me, I was going to do it. Because everybody gets scared. I said, you know what, if I'm scared of this, then I'm going to step forward and do it. The best way to get over something is to take that leap of faith and do what you're scared of. So are you scared of flying? Then fly. Are you scared of heights? Then go to a high place. Are you scared of spiders? Man, just take that step of faith and crush that tiny spider. Are you scared of the dark? Then go walk in the dark. Okay, let's take this to the next level. Are you scared of public speaking? And I don't even mean get on a stage like this. I just mean speaking up in a meeting, doing a presentation in front of your peers. 
then when you have the opportunity to speak up, then speak. Are you scared of failing? And try anyway. Are you scared of being rejected? Then put yourself out there. Are you scared of commitment? Then show yourself committed. Use wisdom as you do this, but the principle is we have to stop being paralyzed by fear. We have to stop. We have to reverse the curse and start walking by faith. We got to walk by faith. One time there was a man, General William Westmoreland, and he was in Vietnam. I believe it was after the war, but they're still stationed there, and he's going over. He's got a platoon of paratroopers. And one day he decides to ask everybody how they like doing what they do. So he goes to the first person and he asks the questions, hey, how do you like jumping? First guy's like, I love it, sir. Thrill of my life. I love to jump. You go to the second guy, son, how do you like jumping? The guy says, General, I love to jump. I feel called to jump. I'm just so excited to jump. General's like a football coach. He's loving these answers. He goes to the third person, says, son, how do you like to jump? Third guy says, I hate it, sir. I hate jumping. And the general's a little confused. He says, then why do you do it? He said, because I want to be around the people who do. I want to be around the people who love to jump because if I know if I can just be around them long enough that eventually I'll get over my fear and I'll be someone who loves to jump. See, in life, I'm going to let you know a principle that I live, that I live by in my life, and it's a little bit selfish. Associate with people who have what you want. And I don't mean this in a manipulative way. I mean this in an aspirational way. And if you're hanging around people who have what you want, they're going to give you a certain amount of time to grow, to be around them, to show, to stretch yourself. And this is something I've seen in our lives seem to develop on a fast track just because we hang out with older people. We want to get better. We want to get wiser. It's like Proverbs 13, 20 says in the message, Solomon says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. See, if you want to be better with finances, then hang around people who don't spend everything they have, that are living paycheck to paycheck, not using a budget. If you want to be around people that have a healthier, better marriage than you, and you've been married 15 years, but you want to be around people that have been married 30 years, hang around people who have what you want. If you want to get fit, Hang around people who eat right and exercise. We all know how hard it is. You start a fast, you start a challenge, and then you go out with that one friend, and you're like, yeah, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you want to be spiritually mature. You got to hang around spiritually mature people. You want to be full of faith? Then hang around faithful people. Let's talk about faith. Faith is simply believing God. It's taking God at his word. And guess what? Contrary to popular belief, faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is the courage to step out regardless of what you feel. That's faith. 
Now, you could have heard over the years, faith is just a total absence of fear. No, God wants to see what you're going to do with what you have. Because as you know by now, there is never a perfect time. The perfect time has never happened. You're never going to be all that you want or to, 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 excuse me, to be or that you dream to be, that you aspire to be. And the more you walk by faith, the less fear will choke the potential out of your life. I love what Mark Batterson says. He's a pastor in Washington, D.C. He said, when you live by faith, it often feels like you are risking your reputation. You're not. You're risking God's reputation. It's not your faith on the line. It's his faithfulness that's on the line. See, there's a number of different opinions on how you get faith. Some people pray for faith. Some people sing songs called Give Me Faith, hoping by the end of the song they're going to have faith. There are a number of people that just figure, man, faith's not in my DNA. It's, it's just really hard to come by. I don't have a clue how people get faith and operate by faith. The service about five years ago it was a midweek service. Pastor Joel was leading it. Remember to pray for your pastors, by the way. They're having a great sabbatical, but let's keep lifting them up. He's already fired up, and it's week three, but anyway, he'll be back. <laughs> he was preaching to me the other day. I was like, man, you off. You off, bro. Like, take a few weeks. <laughs> this is where I'm going in August. Okay, you off, man. Okay. But I'm in a service. Pastor Joel leads it. And it's a great message, filled of faith, and he does an altar time, a little bit similar to what we'll do in about 15 minutes. And he asked people to come down front, he asked leaders to come to the front, and we're praying for people, and a lady came to me, and I recognized her, she was always volunteering, she was there on Sundays, she was there on Wednesdays, she's the type of people that we love, okay. And she comes up to me, I said, ma'am, I said, how can I pray for you? She said, Pastor Brandon, I just need more faith. So, okay. I said, you got to be careful when you come to me for prayer, because I'm going to teach you, then I'm going to pray for you. Okay, so if you just want prayer, it may not be me that you're looking for. And I say, okay, how do you get faith? Because I want to see where she's at. She says, well, you just put it out there, and you take it back. I said, okay. I was kind of mean. I said, hey, can you just do that again? Okay, how do you get faith? She said, you just put it out there, and you take it back. I said, okay. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, they'll throw it on the screen. Paul's writing. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by praying. It doesn't say faith comes by singing. It doesn't say faith comes any other way. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does that word hearing mean? It means that you're constantly listening. It's not once a week, it doesn't mean you just here on Sundays, but every day of your life, you're taking the time to hear God, you're taking the time to read God, you're taking the time that in front of his word, you're listening to the right music, you're listening to the right messages. There's a reason that after services like these, your faith is higher than the way that it came in because you're operating in a biblical place of faith, that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith is what impresses God. We have got to stop 
praying for faith and start acting on it. You got to start acting on it. Well, Brandon, I just need more faith. Like anything else, let's see how Jesus responds to this question. Luke chapter 17, verse 5 and 6, the message says, the apostles came up and said to the master, give us more faith. But the master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. If you have a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed or a mustard seed, you could say to the sycamore tree, go jump in the lake, and it would do it. Is Jesus saying just point at every tree and test it out? No, he's using a metaphor. See, I believe he's saying faith is not something that you ask for. Faith is something that you act on. Something that you act on. See, Jesus, like he always does, uses an illustration. Now, I have in my hand mustard seed. You will never guess what it smells like. Mustard. (laughs) Making a mess. really hard to see. I don't even know if you can see it from here. Jesus is saying all you need is this type of faith. You start to pray, say, Lord, I need healing in my body. And you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and you cast forth your faith. Lord, your word says in Isaiah 55 that you already carried my sins. You already bore my sicknesses. You already carried my diseases. God, you've already paid the price. God, I stand on what you did, knowing that you healed once and for all time. And Lord, I stand on your promises that no matter what I feel, no matter how I walk, no matter what I'm going through, God, I stand on your word. And I just say that I am healed and I thank you that I am whole. You take another seat. You're like, man, I have a family member, I have someone I care about, and they don't know the Lord, but I really wish they did, and you're doing everything that you know how to do, but then you start to do the one thing that you're called to do, and you start to pray, and you cast forth that seed. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just call this person by name. God, I thank you that in your word, it says that the goodness of God draws people to repentance. God, I just ask that you show them the goodness of God right now, that you overwhelm them with your love, that you show them the things that they don't see. Show them that you're concerned for them, that you want them to come to the saving knowledge of you. Angel's been listening to T.D. Jakes in the bathroom, and I got a little bit of something from him. You start to pray one more. Lord, I just feel so anxious. I can't get this worry out of my head, but I just cast the faith that I do have. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just stand on your word. Philippians 4, 5, and 6 says to not be anxious for anything, but instead pray about everything. And the heavenly Father who hears your prayer will answer you and give you peace beyond 
understanding. That's faith. Faith is just using the little bit that you have and going for it. There is no more or less in faith. Say, Brandon, I prayed, I prayed. I haven't seen it yet. Then you need to do what Paul said in Ephesians 6.13. He said, having done all to stand. Stand therefore. Just keep standing. Just keep believing. Just keep proclaiming the promises of God. Very quickly, I don't have time to do a whole message on this, but I'm going to explain the difference between faith and what Paul calls the gift of faith. There's nine spiritual gifts. Three of them say, three of them reveal, and three of them do. Faith, the gift of faith, is one that does. See, if you take the step of using your ordinary faith, when you come to the end of it, very often, God will give you supernatural gift of faith added on to what you've already used. But guess what? We don't see this very often. Why? Because we don't even use the faith that we do have. See, God's never going to add on more to your faith if you're not even using what you do have. The trick is not just to read the word, it's to act on the word, to act on the faith that you do have. God always gives more to the people that use well with what they have. It's a spiritual principle in every single area of your life. In the Bible, we see this primarily work for people that are in danger. To illustrate Daniel and the lion's den, through this gift, we see that they're given a sense of peace, a calmness, a supernatural peace that overwhelms them. It's also used in the patriarchs of faith when they stretch forth their hands and they speak out faith and generational blessings over their kids, something they know that's not going to happen for a very long time, but they are using the faith they have and the gift of faith they have over their kids. It's used as spiritual sustenance in time of famine and raising the dead and casting out evil spirits and sometimes laying hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. If you want to know more on this, you can just read a book. It's called The Holy Spirit and His Gifts by Kenneth Hagin. Let's just get back to using what we have. How to pray. How do I pray? We don't hear this talked about a lot. And guess what? A lot of people pray wrong. I hate to say that. But there is a way to pray, and it's in the Word. When I pray, I ask God in faith, just like I did a few minutes ago, and I use a verse in His Word to back me up as I pray. The first thing I do when I start to pray, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, then I start. Why do I do this? Jesus said in John 16, verse 23, at that time when I leave, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. I love when he says that. He's saying, you're not going to believe me, but I'm telling you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your requests because you use my name. And you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, the name of Jesus, and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. All right, I'm going to tell you one more way that I pray. This one's a little controversial. 
I get some oil. No, I'm kidding. All right, this is how I pray. When I pray, I only pray about it asking once. Why do I do this? Why, why do I pray and just only ask once? When I ask once, and then every time, because guess what? I'm human just like you, and I get worried about what I pray about, so then I remind God, God, I know that you're already working on this. I know that you're already working on this behalf. I got Waymaker in the background, God, even though I can't even see it, even though I don't even feel it, I know that right now you are working. See, a lot of people ask God the same exact thing over and over and over again, You know, I have a pretty good memory. I think God has an even better memory than I do. He heard you the first time. You know, how do you feel when you're a kid or when you were a kid and you went, you want to hang out with your friends, you need some money? Because money grows on your trees and all the trees are with your parents. So you go to your parents, mom, dad, I need 20 bucks. What do you need it for? I want to go out to eat with Danny. I want to go see Space Jam 2. She isn't as good as Space Jam 1, but I want to go see Space Jam 2. I watched it last night. Anyway, it was all right. Maybe it's the age difference. It was just better when I was eight. So I give them, if you don't give them money right away, you say, you know what, I'll give it to you a little bit later. And there are events in six hours, but they come back to you every 15 minutes asking the same exact thing. How would you feel? You know how I feel? I feel annoyed. Bro, I told you. Man, believe it or not, I have $20. I'm good for $20. I'll give it to you when you're ready to leave. Say, Brandon, what, what about the parable in Luke 18 when Jesus tells it about the persistent widow and the evil judge and that the widow went to the evil judge's house and knocked and knocked and knocked? Okay, let me ask you a question. Is Jesus an evil judge? No. Jesus is saying, even this guy is going to say yes. You can ask me. Surely Jesus will listen. And he closes that phrase of scripture in Luke 18, 8. He says, but when I, the son of man, return, how many will I find who have faith? Choose today to be someone that he will find. I'm going to close with this verse, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It's Paul writing to his disciple Timothy. Timothy is a young man that pastored in the city of Ephesus. He has the largest church in the world, numbered at 70,000 people. He's a young preacher. He doesn't have it all together, but he's got a mentor that's pouring into him. He's got some famous people that are in his church. Jesus' mom, Mary, goes to his church. The disciple, the apostle John, goes to his church. They call Timothy pastor. And in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to his spiritual son, giving him advice that is applicable to him. But if it's in the word of God, it's also applicable to you. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, if you read the Bible, it actually never tells you to fight in any other capacity. It doesn't tell you to fight people that don't look like you, that don't believe like you, that don't vote like you, that don't believe like you, any of those things. It doesn't tell you to fight those people. All it says about those people is that, you know what? If God loved you, then you need to love other people the same way that he loves 
See, it's, it's never about them. It's about your response to them. The only person that you can actually steward and command and control is you. You know, you're not even responsible completely for your spouse, for your kids. You're just responsible for how you lead them, for how you maximize your life, how you steward your life. Like we talked about last week, you're not going to answer to Jesus for anybody else. He's not going to compare you to anybody else. He's just going to say, are you who I made you to be? And you want to be an identical twin with that person. But Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. So many times we look at fear, we look at faith, you're like, man, I don't want to do this. I don't feel mighty enough. I don't feel strong enough. I don't feel like I've got what it takes. But Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. He doesn't say that it's a bad fight. He doesn't say that it's a fight that you're supposed to run from. He said, no, don't run from it. Run to it and fight that good fight of faith. See, what can God do through you? You know, God is unlimited in what he can do in you, that he's not capped by you. The only thing that you do that caps what he can do is if you say no to what he wants to do. But all you gotta do is just use the faith that you do have. You know, it doesn't look like much. You can't even see it from 10 rows back. But God sees it. God is waiting for it. He's just waiting for you to act on it. You know, I'm gonna call the worship team back up, if you will. You'll stand up with me. As a response to this message, I want to do two things. One is just strictly internal. But as I spoke about fear and I spoke about faith, think about what is one thing, what is something that you've been scared of that you need to do? You've been running from it. You've been saying no about it. What is that one thing that you need to do? Make a point of it, make a mark of it, tell your spouse, tell a good friend later on after the service, yeah, hey, hold me accountable to this. Second thing that I wanna do, the question I wanna ask is what is something that you've been believing for? Is it salvation personally? Is it salvation for a family member? Have you been believing for a job? Have you believing for the finances? Have you been believing for healing in your body? Have you been believing for healing in somebody else's body? What have you been believing for? At this time, I wanna invite our prayer team to the front, our altar team. They're just gonna line up right in front of the stage and face you. They're gonna get some anointing oil. Why are they gonna use anointing oil? Because in James, Chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, James says, Are any of you sick? And you should call the elders of the church to come and pray for you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. 
And while you're praying, if you've committed any sins, then you will be forgiven. But all it takes is just a step. Just, but man, there's faith in the room. And you'll notice in scripture that when there's faith in the room, Jesus always acts in that room. But in the places of little or no faith, he just keeps on moving because they're not ready for what he has. Jesus is always ready. The Holy Spirit is always ready. But guess what? When you're ready, then he responds with faith. When you're ready. So the worship team's gonna play this song. They're gonna come back and worship. If you need prayer for anything, then come down to the front. Let us believe with you. Let us pray for you. I'd love if it's not three or five people, if it's not 10 people, but it could be dozens of people. Whatever it is, come down in faith. Amen? Let me pray. The worship team will come back in. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the faith that is in this room. Lord, I thank you that you're ready and willing that you're ready and willing to heal, that you're ready and willing to save, that you're ready and willing to deliver, that God, you have everything that we need. God, I pray for those that are watching on the stream right now and they don't have the ability to come down front. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just stretch forth my hand as a point of contact and I am agreeing with you in faith for whatever you need right now. Matthew 18, 20 says we're two or three or more are gathered together, there Jesus is also. And Lord, right now, we just give you the praise. We give you the honor. God, I just thank you in advance for what you want to do, for what you're going to do, that you're perfectly able, that you're perfectly capable. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.